What's up? What's up? What is up? It's another Friday, another opportunity to get together and record the Ball Hog Sports Talk. I say it nice and slow and emphatic because uh, we are in the afternoon hour. This is called Friday Brunch, if you were wondering. The Friday Brunch edition, uh, while it's not the episode title, it is Friday Brunch hour. It's going to be Friday Brunch type of conversation. I have me a, a very crisp but light libation because it is Friday brunch and we got a whole lot to talk about. The yes, ball sports talk is where sports, business, and entertainment collide. It's where a few businessmen, in this case, a couple of businessmen, just the two of us, get together to discuss sports in a very entertaining fashion. Today's elephant in the room is Northwestern football. You have seen the family support when it comes to the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. We support endlessly Northwestern Wildcats football, and we know why, because one of our own, Mr. Reggie Farima, has a namesake who is not only taller, not only more handsome, not only more athletic and smarter. Shorter than me. You're alive. He's, shorter. He's shorter than you. Shorter than me. Uh, All right, cool. All right. Me. So you got one. You got one category. You got <laughs> the fact that you jumped in that quick on that. Sure he's, you definitely know he's more handsome. He's smarter, right? He's more athletic. Okay, but you're tall. Might be prettier. I might right. be more handsome. He's prettier than me. He's prettier. He's pretty. You go. I'm gonna give him a. Like, I got that sexy appeal. But that young man who we speak of, his namesake is a wide receiver at the University of Northwestern. And so in the throws, in the middle of the scandal that has rocked the university, and when something like that happens, it doesn't just impact the player. It impacts the family. It impacts the friends, supporters, like the ball, sports talk. So we're going to deal with the elephant in the room. Northwestern football scandal. We're going to talk about it today. Fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to step on some toes. I'm going to offend some people. I'm going to make you say, hmm. But most importantly, it's going to be entertaining because that is what we do at the ball hawk sports talk we do it one way and one way only that's rough work and raw where sports business entertainment collide make sure you got your coffee or like me your brewski because Uh we're about to bring it to you we're about to bring it to you you ready for this big flow show man i'm ready sir you ready all right you know how we gotta do we gotta go through at least we gotta go through the normal channels of how we bring the show on but but seriously, y'all, make sure that y'all go and tag somebody that, that and we ask you every week to like, comment, share. But this week, we really want you to like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody you know, because the Ballhawk Sports Talk is coming to you right now. Let's go. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke, because this is the Ballhawk Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown. ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt. And enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go, 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 go.
Once again, it's on. I have the pleasure of stepping up to this microphone and bringing you some riveting content from Sports Business Entertainment today. Um, if you have never been here before, the experience that is known as the Ball Hawk Sports Talk does a few things. Uh, yeah, we're entertaining in the way that we discuss sports. Yeah, we bring business to sports topics. But most important, in my humble opinion, is that we are authentic. And so how dare we not talk about the Northwestern football scandal when the entire sports world is talking about it, knowing our connection, our intimate and familiar connection, a personal connection to Northwestern football. So being authentic as we are, we got to talk about it today. Big Flow Show, uh, you know how it is. My fact, let me make sure I make the proper introductions. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, thou who shall, know, who shall be known intergalactically as the ball hog uh, guru and Mr. Middle Coast, it is the mm -hmm. big I like how you tried to remix that a little bit. You tried like to you kind of look, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Trying to go to the left, the defender was there. You came back into the came right. Back. Came Scott back. Man. Okay, you worked well. That's right. He ran a route. I ran he ran a route. He perfectly. <laughs> he ran routes. What's up, big boat? Man, it's been a long week. It's been a long how, week. How, on average, how many hours have you slept? Cause this is hitting at the heart of your core. The sleeping good, the sleeping good because I've been tired. But here's here's one thing I will say out there, everybody listening. I I, I find funny, right? I turned fifty this year, big birthday, right? Milestone, right? Right on. You look Maybe every be, bit of fifty two, but go ahead. Hey, you know what I'm saying? More the reason why I think people should celebrate me at fifty <laughs> because I may not make seventy five. Right, so this is the biggest milestone you, you birthday. We gonna do this till we ninety. This is the biggest milestone birthday that I can imagine us having right now is is my fiftieth. I received right. some calls, some texts, some emails, but boy, when there's some 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 tea in the street. So you tell me, you got more calls about Northwestern football scandal than you did when you turned fifty. Yeah, I'm like, man, you have my number. We on Facebook together. You knew I turned fifty. I didn't get a call or text. A little naked picture, somebody you want to cheer me up as an old man, some from some you found on the internet, you know, nothing like that from you. But you call me the day that the scandal goes, and you think you're gonna get the tea, so I can go right away. And some of y'all, we've had this conversation that I expected the call from y'all because we talk all the time, but I ain't heard from you since my 50th birthday, and you want to call me the day that's going on because you want to be able to tell your people. I got all this. I got it all from uh, Ridge. I got my guys saying I got it from the horse's mouth. That's what they want to say. You become yeah, the anonymous. I got soul. great friends that gave me two, three days before they sent me a text. Whatever. Some people call. I love y'all. You know, a lot of it was out of concern. But I will say, I'm glad I got unlimited minutes. Otherwise, we had to sell the house. <laughs> we had to sell the house. Much well, you, it, it, So, and we, again, every week we ask you, humbly, please like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a post, tag anybody you know, and please subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast. But the first comment that came from the peanut gallery is my man, Scott Bibb. You know how Scott Bibb coming. And this is the first of many comments that Northwestern football is going to have to endure. Um, that ball hog sports talk as a conduit, as a, 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 a advocate, supporter of Northwestern football, we have to endure. He talked about getting ran on. And before we get to the specifics of the allegations, and I, and I, and I, I think we might be beyond allegations, of the uh, behaviors that have been confirmed and corroborated by a few, uh, some things not. So we'll put allegations in there 
from time to time. Uh, when you are receiving those calls, are they calls of support, calls of inquiry? Are they calls of um, concern about your own son? And, 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 and after you get there, I'm going to ask more personal because this is a very human thing. While we're talking about it in this show and talking about it in the context of how we always talk about sports business and entertainment, this had to be the most personal thing. Your namesake, your only son, I think that might be going too far. The only one I know about. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. This ain't, this ain't the forum for that. You violated. God, I got two children. Point. That's it. I got two just, children. One, one, sure one baby mama, two children. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I put it out there. That the, the only one I know about. So anybody else out only there? Only one I, I know about, that. too. This ain't the day for me to find. It's been a long week. If you got you something to tell me, give me a week or two to get up get I through. I got you. I got you. All you right. Know so the only child that I, the only son that I know about of your two children, uh, yes. it I think it's safe to say my only son. I think we only son. Right, cool. okay. Your only son <laughs> okay, there is impacted by this, yeah. and so I want to deal with the human element of it. But but before I do, let's let's deal with like the natural response, the social media element of it, the people that are going to say things like Scott Bibb, uh, talking about what the hell is getting ran on. The only the only. Uh, Oh, he's saying you're the only one who knows the meaning of that. So what what is that like? Because that's the initial response. So so first I'll say this. Thank you to all the people that started off your message with, and this is 99% of the people. How's Ridge? How's your son? Right? I appreciate that. I appreciate you showing concern for my son and my family and asking how we're doing. Um, and I'll answer that and say, my son unequivocally has told me he's never been touched um, I think he had to do a rap battle one time and he said he won. So I don't think that that would constitute hazing. I think I'll, I'll put that on the same level as having a senior fight song. They made him do rap battles or whatever. So, and my son was an early enrollee. So he's been there longer than most freshmen have been there. So I will say that safe, nothing that you read about. Um, I don't, I want to tell this in, in, in a methodical way. So just, nothing that you read about happened to my son. And I'm saying nothing you read about has been confirmed. There's been no investigation that has proven that there's been things that, that the things that were written somewhat irresponsibly uh, were true. So let me tell the story and then we can go perfect, forward. Perfect. A little so bit. Set, set the foundation. And set the foundation was. Are under, under a rock and have not heard what's going mm -hmm. on. Let me just say very broadly before you set the more specific foundation, there are allegations at the University of Northwestern that some of the older players, upperclassmen, were doing things to younger players, primarily younger players. Again, mm -hmm. allegations. And mm -hmm. as you said, um, somewhat unfounded and sometimes irresponsibly written about. Um, but it led to a termination of their head coach, uh, mm -hmm. Coach Pat Fitzgerald, who also played at Northwestern, who also was considered like a model citizen when it comes to being uh, an educated a player that did it the right way, went on to play in the NFL, came back coach to coach at an institution like Northwestern that is always given the due praise it deserves with its graduation rate, which with its uh, ability to uh, place players, uh, not only in the NFL, but in corporate settings beyond graduation with its ability to attract the best and brightest. When you look at the uh, uh, sort of, the, you know, the, the the aptitude of the players and look mm -hmm. at the uh you know standardized tests like these are the best players best and brightest 
right? That university is sort of a beacon on the hill when it comes to doing it the right way is now marred with scandal when it comes to this hazing allegation that led to the termination of their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald. I live, right. I give you the broad overview to then allow you to give more details. Go ahead. So I'm going to tell the story and I'm going to insert truth out of the context that the public has kind of learned it just because it makes the story make more sense. So uh, last year, towards the end of the season, we played the University of uh, of Minnesota. Um, our top two quarterbacks, unfortunately, suffered uh, season-ending injuries in that game. And our third quarterback went in the game. Uh, obviously, as most third quarterbacks, was probably not expecting to play. Didn't have a great series. Threw an interception. We went to the fourth quarterback. There's some other stuff that went on that's uh, – that basically the decision was after that game, because it was kind of the end of the game, really was we weren't doing that good. We weren't, you know, we won 11 last year. So there's a lot of stories of things not going that well. The fourth string quarterback became the quarterback the rest of the season. Got right? it. Got Two it. more games. So we played Purdue and we played Illinois. Got it. It didn't sit very well with the third string quarterback. So he may have had other reasons, and I don't want to speculate on his reasons but this is the motivation that was the at least the straw that broke him back he had made a decision at that point that he wanted to get coach Fitzgerald fired obviously you can't fire coach Fitzgerald because um he didn't play you that doesn't (laughs) never works normally it doesn't although a lot of players would have tried that maybe myself included at one point so he made a decision at that point okay I've got some dirt that I'm gonna put out there so uh, I'll start off by saying I don't have full facts of what could have went on in the in the locker room, what constitute hazing, what doesn't constitute hazing, but just being common sense, say where there's smoke, there's fire. There's obviously some stuff in the locker room that that happened to some degree over some time period that I don't know and I don't want to speculate into. But let's just say usually there's there's something there, right? He where there's decided, smoke, there's fire. You're 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 saying that I'm, a, I'm admitting where there's smoke, there's fire. So. Yeah. I'm going to say it would, we would be stupid to say that nothing that remotely looks like hazing happened. Got it. So we're in the realm of hazing. Of some in, the realm, in the realm of hazing. Yep. But to what level, I don't know. And there's a lot of things that could be construed as hazing by, by, by the sheer definition that may not be considered a big deal to most. I, I got to ask you. So the third string quarterback mm-hmm. who came in and didn't play well. Yes. Wasn't happy that he got benched. Yes. Had some animosity towards Coach Fitzgerald. Yes. Wanted him fired yes. while still playing for the school, or did he transfer? No. So as soon as the school, as soon as the season ended, uh-huh. he stayed on the team, obviously giving himself a chance to play. He didn't play. As soon as the season ended, he wrote an anonymous letter saying that there's widespread hazing going on, blah, 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 going on. So He, he was the author. He penned the initial he's, anonymous, he's the anonymous letter. letter. He's the Got anonymous it. letter guy. So he's the whistleblower. He's a whistleblower. Got it. Um, he puts that message out there where it goes to the media. Doesn't stay that long. You know, we all find out his parents. We kind of hear what's going on. Obviously, everyone calls their their kids and everything seems fine. Now, I will say this. the The week after, the days after that happened, I had almost the entire freshman class over to my house for dinner. So what are we talking about here? This is this, this is, is during the NFL comes playoffs. Out three weeks. This is last year. This is last season. Yeah, right before the playoffs started. 
is when anonymous the letter comes out. The anonymous right letter comes out. We don't know about it. the public doesn't know about it, right? They start Got to look it. into it or whatever. Got By it. the time that we knew about it, was was the first NFL playoff weekend because that's when I had the kids over. Got it. Maybe at the most a week before that is when it kind of came out. So, so we're talking December, January, December, January, yeah, yep. something like that. Got it. Got it. Okay. And um, uh, I talked to all the kids at the house. Nobody seemed to really think this was anything of a big deal or whatever. It's gonna and go this away. The, no big deal. No big deal. And this is the group of kids that theoretically would have been hazed, right? Freshmen, right? Because they're the freshmen. No one responds to you like, "I'm glad someone said Finally it." Spoke I've been up, waiting said anything. to tell my story. So, we're still, and to date, there's still no one who's come forward and said, I'm a victim of hazing. Even the even the whistleblower isn't saying I'm a victim of hazing. He's just saying hazing he is going on. Got he witnessed it and did whatever. But 17 years of coaching, there's been nobody who's come come by and said, hey, you know, I'm the victim of hazing and this is wrong, whatever. Like, it's kind of, where are the bodies? Where is the Me Too? That hasn't happened, right? Right. Got it. However, um, there's been a, you know, so now they're doing an investigation. They talk to, uh, they're talking to the kids and different people. Who knows what they're doing? But there's a six month investigation. Right. At the end of uh, last Friday was announced. So a week ago today was announced. Coach Pat Fitzgerald, after the conclusion, they found out that there was evidence that there was some hazing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know if they knew the, the degree. And Pat Fitzgerald, uh, there was no evidence that Pat Fitzgerald knew about it or any other coaching staff, but obviously for the oversight, hey, you're the coach. This is what's going on. They suspended him for two weeks, um, not two games. Without two pay. Weeks. They Without suspended pay. him for two weeks. Without pay. And so fast forward, because this is the first time I hear about it. The anonymous mm-hmm. letter is presented in, let's call it January. Yeah. Time, it was right? and that was in the media, but it was just it didn't get picked up that much. But it was in the back media. page. Yeah. And even the and, and let's be let's be really fair. Even the suspension, when I heard that Pat Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald, sorry, mm-hmm. Coach, get your name right, um, Fitz, was Coach suspended. Fitz. Coach Fitz was suspended for the game. Like, suspended for what? So he wasn't suspended for games. He was suspended for last I mean, week. For two weeks. For so two this, weeks would been, this would have been halfway through his suspension today. And so yeah. then, and then there was a camp that we couldn't go to anymore, this Camp Kenosha that they used to go to for like two days, kind of like Culver, you know, like you would go. Did you do Culver? I anyway, did Culver. I don't want to lose the audience, but like yeah. sometimes schools will take training camp and move it to an off, off campus location yep. just to kind of have more, ironically, more control <laughs> and more uh, togetherness bonding. And then when they break camp, they're coming back to school. So it's like they take you out of civilization. Some schools do it. Some schools don't. Northwestern uh, was doing that at, at some point. So that was banned. There was going to be some stuff like, you know, monitors, like, oh, you know, just kind of some some uh, uh, corrective actions, right, on how to make right. sure that this didn't really happen. Um, so this third-string quarterback decided – Slash whistleblower. Slash whistleblower decided that that wasn't good enough because his, his goal was uh, – To get to Coach Fitzgerald fired. Fired. You so started just, the story by saying that. His yeah, started, goal was to get Coach Fitzgerald yeah, fired. He did, Make no mistakes. There's just no – he doesn't care about the hazing at all, right? There's nothing – that has nothing to do with it. He just didn't have anything else to talk about. So that's the only thing he could talk about to get him fired was this. Um, he calls a, a student in the student newspaper, and he does a tell-all, right? And he starts giving all these details, and then he starts embellishing. So uh, there's a video recording that that is out there um, that states – He's talking to another player saying, look, I'm, you know, I'm going to go talk about this to 
whoever, and I'm going to embellish. I need to embellish to make sure he gets fired because I need to make the sure whist- he gets fired. The whistleblower himself, there's a recording There's a recording out there. How he's going to do it, admitting that he's going to embellish. And he'll Got embellish it. and do whatever. So okay. that's out there. Um, you know, that might be probably the only thing I'll say that may be a little more to say, but it's out there. So I'm just put that. So that's his goal, right? Um, so he goes to the newspaper. Obviously, he finds a student. Uh, you know, no, no question. Has, absolutely, a student, yeah, a school a student of journalism. To get that many clicks? Let's go. Oh absolutely. yeah, we're, the, we're the, the the number one or number two journalism school in the in the nation. So absolutely. this kid is making a name for himself. He could care less who he hurts or whatever. Right. So this is where I say he was reckless. He reports this, and then uh, all hell breaks loose. Now everyone's reading things and doing different things there. So. This is where I would take a step back, and I'm not going to justify any behavior that doesn't make a lot of sense. But you're in a fraternity. You are I am. In NFL. I'm not in a fraternity. I'm in the, the fraternity, fraternity, Omega Psi Five Fraternity Incorporated. But yes, I am. Yes, yes I am. And you went to the Thomas Aquinas. Everything has a the. You're the only you in the English language that has the for everything. So anyway, the Bobby Brown is a. Uh, anyway, so you've witnessed. Allegedly, through your, you know, being online and different things, some stuff that probably wouldn't be considered normal behavior to somebody that's that's not hasn't gone through it, doesn't understand it. You've been in the the house. What's up, LB? You've been in in the NFL locker rooms, and there's Mm -hmm. been behavior that probably would be considered crazy to some to 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 people. Absolutely. You went to a high school that was a producer of a lot of uh nfl and college football stars absolutely and i guarantee there was things that went on that was whatever and so no and normally the, unspoken but yes it happens. unspoken never comes up yes we don't get so, to that on the on the, the the topic of toxic masculinity or whatever you want to call it say things, it three times quickly i got you toxic i can't even say it once slowly so i can't <laughs> say it three times quickly but you know there are things that go on that happen and as a 50 year old man with two children right now, I stand before you. I don't look at them. I look at them more seriously today as I did when I was 18 or 20. There are things that go on that, Fair. that are secrets that people do different things. And it's, it's a rite of passage, so to speak. Not, so I'm not here to justify that. I'm just saying that when you're the average reader and you read some things that you see it, you're like, oh my lord! I can't believe what I'm reading. Oh, the culture, the culture to most people who have never experienced it, and we're mm-hmm. talking about in this particular instance the allegation of hazing mm-hmm. and this rite of passage. Um, but the culture itself, there's so many different bells and whistles in addition to the hazing that just the culture, like you know, like something as simple as walking around freely through the locker room naked you're not thinking about that the culture has been you've been socialized such that you're not thinking about the fact that you're walking through a locker room naked and it took me getting into civilization where you realize that you couldn't walk around naked <laughs> was it your first day of work at corporate america or was it i tried it man i felt like you know it is what it is i wanted to be at the break room butt naked but somebody said you know you can't be naked fucking naked i was just like i'm at work what you mean i can't be buck naked but no seriously it is one of them situations that even at the gym you get right if i go to a public gym it just feels different than the culture of being in a locker room if you're playing football and it's just you know that's a great example you bring up so i used to go to lifetime fitness mm-hmm. and you know my wife was at lifetime fitness and i would tell her the stuff that happens in the locker room and she would be mortified like what 
I'm like, yeah, dude's over there doing this, that, and the other. She's like, nah, women go in there, they cover up, they get their shot to wear. It's right. different. But you get numb to things, right? You get numb to nudity. Like when I was in high school, the first time I had to take a shower with someone else in the room, that was a real shocker. You know what I mean? Right. right. By the time you finish college, you got to remember that you've been talking to this dude for 10 minutes and you're butt naked. You you don't even think about it. You should probably be talking about underwear. Like, dude, man, you want to cover up? Oh, damn, my bad. I've been sitting out here getting air, you know? A weird example, but it's, it's still in the at least category of right what could be construed as something sexual right yeah. i'm nude freely walking only because sex happens with your clothes off right right that's but the only every reason when you're in the locker room a good portion of the time you're in the locker room you're at least in a state of undress if not completely naked right right so if somebody makes you do something or has you do something whatever to the to the average person listening and again i'm not trying to minimize it i'm just trying to let you understand that some things that shock you if you haven't been part of it are not as shocking if you think about the context. Like, if you were at work right now and someone had you bear crawl or do something butt naked, you would have to get from fully dressed, take your clothes off, be the only person in the room that's completely naked and do something. That would be outrageous, you know? Yes. But if you're in a locker room and you are already naked and someone tells you to do a jumping jack, technically that's a naked jumping jack. But it's really just a jumping jack. They already Everyone's already seen you naked. Right. Like it's not like you know what I mean. Yeah. No, you see every and, and one of those way, dudes butt naked. It's not like you're staring at them. Right. But if somebody does something, you feel crazy. And by I, the way, mm-hmm. no one cares because the amount of time that you have to spend in that setting, the amount of time you have to get, get in and out of clothes, get into your pads, get out of your pads, get back into your clothes, get out of your clothes in order to get treatment, get back in you know some form of um, being undressed. It, no one cares. The point that I was trying to make, and I think you captured it, is that the culture itself is different. It's a different and culture. So, and, and, it's and, not and so I'm going to let you finish laying out the, the groundwork. Then I got to ask you some questions because as a parent, yeah. I want to hear the personal side of it. So I'll let you finish laying so, the groundwork and then we'll, we'll hop into some Q&A. So he brings that up and he puts it out there. It's shocking, right? Personally, I'm a little surprised at how shocking it was because in my mind, I'm a strategist, right? So... When I saw this thing happen and I knew this kid's motivation, which if I knew this kid's motivation, the other people had to figure out the motivation because I'm just a dad. You had to know art of war was if you didn't give this guy the results he wanted. I like that. Art of war. You gave us an art of war. We, we eclectic at the ball house sports. Talk, you had to, man, we we, with art read, of war. Give it to him. Give him the art of war, over here. <laughs> we read over here. But you had to know the art of war said if, if he – if you didn't give him the result he wanted, that he was going to go to the media and he was going to do exactly this. Somehow, and I'm going to be critical of the university just because I have to, somehow the the the, the university got caught flat-footed. Very and that's flat-footed. part of it that I don't understand is I knew that was coming. I knew that I could, I'm flipping, waiting for the article to come out. There's no way the guy was just going to be like, all right, cool, you suspended him, whatever. He was unhappy with that and do whatever. Again, I need you guys to realize he's not claiming to be a victim of hazing. Right. He's just claiming that it's going on. So the the motivations had to be there. So now the university president, they're out there. You know, we do. The parents are very supportive. And I'll just say this. I'll speak for the parents. Overwhelmingly supportive of Coach Fitzgerald. Can you give any example of how parents did support Coach Fitzgerald before the termination? Because there's a window there. We wrote letters to the university individually. 
Um, we kind of stayed out of the public eye because of all the trolls, you know, that could got there and, and, you know, there's really no use in trying to convince people there, but a lot of people shared stories. A couple heartfelt stories were done by staff members of things that, that, that coach Fitzgerald did for them. Um, I know personally, I wrote a letter to the administration, um, talking about one of the reasons why we chose, uh, Northwestern is, is what Pat did, but no other college coach, you know, my son had an opportunity to go to 15 different schools. Um, I wouldn't say we visited every one of the schools. Hold on, hold on. Let's let that pause for a second. You said how many schools? 15. Go ahead, player. All right, player. Go ahead. And I'd say we visited conservatively 10 of them, maybe, mm -hmm. probably 10, about right. Um, one other coach who I'm not going to plug on this and uh, plug on this in the show, and Pat Fitzgerald are the only schools that we ever went to that the um, ever visited that the head coach talked about the academic piece and the head coach talked about the career pace. When you went, when Pat would talk, he would give you a few slides of the NFL players, obviously because we didn't have 50,000 people doing that, but then he had seven slides of executives and professionals that played for him and did different things. Uh, he has a mentoring program that he did where every software, every guy you're, you're after your freshman year, when you had, um, uh, two a day or a spring ball, he had a mentor program where he would get a past player to come out and they make a really big deal about it. And it would be like, hi, my name is Bobby Brown and I'm an attorney and I did this and I played wide receiver here back in this. And I'm most known for throwing up the queue and getting and losing the game from up. Oh, oh, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm this, whatever. And my mentee is Reggie Florima Jr. And everybody goes nuts and they clap and you give them a big hug. He embraced the idea of how you are going to bridge the gap, which is a passion of mine. How are you going to bridge the gap from university student at a top 10 university uh, that doesn't look and act and behave the same way as a normal student body, but wants to maximize his opportunity at this university to do it. He did it like no other. And I wanted to break that down for the university because I've, had an opportunity to see this. So you schools. wrote all of this. So your letter is, I'm writing is, all this is showing stuff. all of this, talking mm -hmm. about all of the things that he's done, talking about how that moved you as a parent, how it moved your son as a recruit, yeah. and how it helped you make the decision. Mm -hmm. and, and and parents happens. did the same. Parents had other things. I had I had another parent. I won't share the name, but I will share part of the story where their kid got injured um, almost critically in a um, in a football game in high school. And uh, Pat Fitzgerald decided to come pay them a, a home visit. And, and the parent said, you know, uh, man, I, I was thinking he was going to say, sorry, you know, we're going to go a different direction and just be man right. to say in the face. Pat Fitzgerald told him, hey, listen, I don't care if it takes you one year or four years to get better. You're coming to our school on a scholarship and we're here for you the whole time. And there's more and more stories like that I, without sharing right. too many people's right. personal stories that people were there. So there was an overwhelming support from the parents. Um, and there really was no verbal I you know, there wasn't anyone's calling for his firing. So like, when you say anyone, because on, now on the parent the, group. I, we, we we know that the whistleblower is calling for his firing. He's the only we, one. We we and know that the student who is most likely in the you know nation's best or arguably best or not second best is it's it's considered Northwestern and Syracuse and everybody else. Uh but Northwestern from a journalism standpoint is Northwestern number one. Mm -hmm. Say Northwestern Mizzou, but Syracuse is up there for communication. Yeah, I'm just, as well. just because we try to be accurate reporters, they're the top two Mizzou and Northwestern. But no, go ahead. There you go. Well, mm -hmm. I'll take that. But point being is that student in that program, the former player who is the whistleblower, 
those are the it's a room of two in terms of people calling for his head. You're telling mm-hmm. me that the parents are of the players, you're telling me that the parents, uh, excuse me, the players themselves and the people, because there's a really long org chart in a football program, the people in the program are all supporting Coach Fitzgerald at this point. Every parent either is publicly, publicly meaning, I mean, I say publicly, that's the wrong use of the word, vocally supporting him. Right. But I will say what was silent is not a single, you know, not a single parent that I spoke to, and we have different ways of communicating that you can imagine with each other in large format. Not a single parent came forward and said, I can't believe this. Oh my God, we should be getting rid of Coach Fitz. So he yeah. had he had okay. the complete support of of the families that are on the team, except for I guess there's two kids that spoke out. Both of them have transferred, right? So uh, transfer one is one of them is still a mystery, so I don't want to say that. But one of them transferred, and, and the it's, other it, was a, it's, it's presumed that the other kid is going to transfer. The big bag or could have transferred or could have graduated. We kind of there's the second kid is kind of a mystery, and that's kind of unimportant. I don't want to get there. We have speculations as to who it is, but it's it's unimportant. There's not a large list of of people that go for it. Then there's some other stories on the ends uh, on the on the outside and at odds with Coach Fitzgerald's continued employment are on the face of it obvious detractors. There's no reason why. And at this point, we don't know that that firing is on the table. The president called the whistleblower, um, which he had claims he had never done before, and listened to the whistleblower's story um, and and said that he thinks, and this is all emails that have gone out publicly, so I'm, I'm not doing any insider stuff, said that he thinks that maybe he operated a little too quickly and he was a little too light on Coach Fitz. So we're not sure if he's going to come back with like, what do you think prompted, and, and now nah, I'm not going to speculate. Yeah, I will speculate, and I'll ask you to speculate. What do you think prompted that call? Because that's on the heels of already issuing the, story. the two week, the two week uh, suspension. suspension. Yeah, he had like five points to, to the to the to the to the remedies. Two of which would be considered, I guess. Well, one one would be considered punishment. Patrick Jones in two weeks. Everything else was remedy situations. We're no longer going off campus. We're going to have someone in the locker room. We're going to have the different things to make sure that if this did in fact happen that it would never happen again, which I thought were, was a responsible way. Got it, got it. Got but it. Yep. people considered the the punishment to be light because of the fact that he didn't miss any games for the two-week suspension. So that's why they looked at the punishment as kind of a slap on the wrist. And I, you know, I could see where that may come across. However, at the time, their six-month investigation turned out that there was no evidence that he knew about it, right? So six months of investigatory work, on the heels of the initial complaint, which was we are calling it, let's call it around January, mm-hmm. six months worth, and there was no call during that six months, mm-hmm. during what they have called an investigation, there was no call to the initial whistleblower. The thing nope. that prompted that, that, that call yes, by the that, president. To my point, to, to my knowledge, even though everyone knew who the whistleblower was, there was no call and they, they allowed him to be anonymous and doing because whatever. the president himself has admitted that he had not spoken to the whistleblower directly. Right. So yeah. after the story, so obviously he knew the whistleblower was because yep, after story the story, breaks. he took it upon himself yep. to call the, this is the part I can't see the, 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 this guy, did they call the president or the president call him? I don't know. But at some point he made a contact after yeah. the story broke, Yep, yep. Um, was so moved by the story that 
on his own, he decided that it was right to terminate. Regardless of all the support from the team, right? Regardless of six months of investigation, investigatory work, regardless of you know all the stuff. One phone call, he heard it, he decided he was going to get rid of Coach. Bell. Here's my challenge with all of this, and then and then I'm going to ask. We're going to go a little bit of Q and A. And look, we named this episode "Dark Days and Dark Nights." Notice the spelling of nights because I'm going to get into some of the, the parallels with youth football. Mm-hmm. My organization, as you guys well know, is the uh, New Jersey Dark Knights, and that's how we spell it. Dark Days, um, as described in the title of this episode, really was about some of the days that have ensued after this story broke. And after it now has escalated exponentially, the dark days that you've had, the calls that you've had to field, the parents that you've had to have conversations with, the allegations that you've had to hear. More important to me is the conversations you have to have with your own son, mm-hmm. right? The feeling of not knowing what you didn't know as a parent. So, so that's why the dark days component of it. And so we'll we'll get into some of of, of you know. Both. Let me stop because you said something that I want to. I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Not no one outside that locker room probably knows a hundred percent of the truth. We have a decent idea of what we think happened. You may get whatever version that your kid tells you or whatever happened, whatever. But I, I do want to say this, and I feel like we get lost in this. If there are kids out there that were a victim of what they deem to be hazing. This quarterback was not one of them. But mm-hmm. if if there are kids out there that are victims of hazing, I don't want to gloss over this. I don't want to focus too much on more on fix than, than that. Yeah. I do want to say that my heart goes out to you. I'm not aware of that. So I can just go by what I'm aware of. But I, I don't I do feel like if there is those if there are victims like that, they're remaining quiet for the for, for whatever their reasons are. My heart goes out to you, and I feel for your parents and your family and something that you had to go through because no one should have to go through something that's so so furious. I mean, again, you you went through allegedly, you know, hazing when you became uh, a Q. But I don't even know like that you putting that out. You don't even like I put it out there. Oh, like, that. like that's called illegal, man. This is come I'm on, not, man. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm law, not trying man. to. I'm, I don't need all y'all coming and barking at me down the street. I apologize to y'all. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, in my opinion, is it's only considered really whatever. It's hazing is in the eye of the beholder, right? So Fair. if you feel like you it was a rite of passage for you, then that we we use the word haze as a total negative connotation. But if you felt like it was a rite of passage that you needed to go through. To, to truly appreciate the, the great organization that you joined, then that's on you. But if you didn't and you feel like you were wronged or whatever, and this is, I'm taking it off the cute thing, going back to school and you came for it. I feel bad for those victims. And, and I want to put that out there and I don't feel like enough time to spend on there. I just don't believe that to be from my exposure to be the case. I don't believe that the there's case a, at Northwest. So yes. let's ask, let's ask specific about Northwest. Mm-hmm. And before I do, I just want everybody to know. The parallel that I'm going to make is that, um, and it's weird to me because people are using hazing, the verb, expanding it a bit and using the verb bullying, which we all know has become its own conversation in this country, Mm -hmm. down to six-year-olds on the playground, you could get in trouble for 
bullying, which back in my day, and I'm not going to say that my day it was, was right. Playing. <laughs> it was called playing. playing around. Yeah. Now, Lil Johnny got his ass whooped because Lil Johnny didn't know how to stand his ground. That's not bullying. Like, it's called lessening. Lil mm-hmm. Johnny has to understand that if you don't stand your ground, you're going to get the worst end of the stick for the rest of your life. Nowadays, they would start some process of punishing the kid that bullied. Mm-hmm. They would call the parents in. They would get some psychoanalysis for a six-year-old acting like a six-year-old. And so that's the environment that we live in. That's a society that unfortunately, well, fortunately for some, because it's more protective. But for me, I say, unfortunately, I'm a black man who played sports, who's considered a dumb jock, trying to get education in a world, spending time in corporate America where they look at my black skin as a threat. How dare I not be willing to fight? How dare I not understand that life is anything but fair? So I consider the instances in which there was hazing or bullying a part of the process that prepared me for these moments. That's Mm -hmm. me. America has now called it something different. And there's levels to it. And I do think that there there can be levels that go too far and there is bullying. I've got to ask you, though, as a parent, when you first heard of all of this, from a very human standpoint, because I'm going to get to the youth football part of it, and I'm going to get to the response in a succinct in one sentence, but I want it to be as authentic and, and really just the heart of it. Like at the core of the feeling, the sentiment, you hear about it. What are your thoughts? Your baby is there. Concern. It's your only son. Concern. Obviously concern. I mean, when your kids go off to college or they go through a lot of changes. My son early enrolled, so his changes were not as accompanied by, you know, as many peers. There's only four kids that early enrolled. You know, we didn't hear from my son when he first got to school very much. He was That's quiet. He was on the quad talking to he the young lady. Quad. He, actually, I'm, I'm sure. he, he had a little girlfriend at the He's time he was very loyal to. But okay. he okay. was he real. Was he time. was quiet. He was like, man, dad, I'm leaving the house at five in the morning and getting back at eight o'clock at night. And I'm this, whatever, tired or whatever. But, you know, you start worrying about his mental health. Right. Right. So right. when you hear about this stuff, first thing you think, I was like, oh, is that why this man was? You know, not talking and stuff. Is that why I was going on? Or whatever. Immediately, you go back to that. Mentally, you go back protection. to the time I'm a, you I'm, I'm a, from. You know, those that know me Fair. know I'm a very protective person. Fair. So, you know, my thing is like, well, you know, what are we gonna do? What's going on? And he said, Dad, nobody touched me. Nobody did anything to me. Nothing happened to me. I'm good. Are you, now is, is he telling the truth? Is he trying to cover it up and do whatever? Right. So you right, know, right. you're poking around. And he just keeps saying, Dad, I'm telling you, I had to rap against somebody on stage, fully dressed, <laughs> you know, do whatever. That was my rite of passage. Right? That was my rite of passage, forever. So I'm like, all right. Now, the one thing, the hot sauce that uh, that this third-string quarterback, I'm trying not to say his name, but it makes it. The whistleblower. It's called the whistleblower. whistleblower. Yep. Um, I hate saying whistleblower because it'll make it sound like he wasn't involved in anything. But I'm, I'm going too deep anyway. But – the guy who brought it up, whatever, the third-string quarterback, in the article, he made claims that Pat Fitzgerald was calling for, uh, you know, what's that What's that movie where they said you can't handle the truth? Uh, uh, Red. Um, uh, what was that called? Not Jack Red Nicholson. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But he was the one making the call. That's where it was like, whoa. So now it's not just some stuff. He's sanctioning it. It's sanctioned, sanctioned by the coach. It, right? That's so where when I heard. When I read that, my thoughts was like, what the heck? And, you know, he said it was for, like, Mr. Simons, and he would go over there, and there was a clapping thing. And I have an explanation about the clapping thing that kind of makes it silly. But that he was doing this stuff, and then people would get, hey, so now I'm thinking to myself, Man, when I talked to my son this spring, all he talked about was how he would mess a play up and the cadence would be going for the next play. And he's so busy getting yelled at for messing up the last play that he doesn't get this one right. So I'm thinking, this had to happen to him if if, if it's about that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's not telling me. And he's like, Dad, that is complete fabrication. That's hot sauce that this kid put on the story. Pat Fitzgerald doesn't know anything about anything in the locker room. And I thought to myself, too. You and I both were in, in in locker rooms, right? Yeah. I have not one memory ever of Coach Holtz or any of the assistant coaches in my four years of college ever being in the practice locker room. The only thing I can remember Man, is a manager I, I, I maybe making high Gatorade. School, high school, college, and pros. I would I would agree with that they don't come to they the never locker room. come in the locker room. So other than game day, and that's yeah. really to just get to the field. Oh, no, game I, day I was nowhere else to meet. There's right. nowhere else to meet, so that's where you're at. But we've already spoken and met with you, or we're on our way to speak to me with you. So that's where they right. wait for you on the field, or they wait but for after you practice. Yeah, you don't see coaches in the, in the yeah, locker. Yeah, never do I remember them being there. So if there was stuff going on, to say that that he was fully aware and just look practically, right? Let's say, you know, let's say, let's say there is some truth, and he. And I'm just saying, let's say. I'm not saying this is. It, I'm just saying hypothetically, if he did know about something, you know, it's one thing. Where you, like you know, you have your two. You have two boys. And your yep. boys go downstairs and they're saying, hey, dad, we're going to play football in the basement. And you say, fine. And when they come I up, I probably will say fine knowing my two boys, but I get where you're going with this. You say, fine, you're going to play football in the basement. Yep. When they come up from the basement, nobody has any bruises. Nobody right. cried. Nobody told. Nothing's broken. And every time they say play football in the basement, they're going to go play football in the basement. Well, then now one day some t- you get a video and then you notice that they're playing a nanny cam. I got a, a nanny, nanny cam. cam and, <laughs> and you find out that they're putting on helmets and they're going full live. And you're like, what the Bam, hell? Battering ram. Battering ram. But you know what? It hasn't been a problem. So if there was some stuff, something going on, maybe Fats Gerald knew that they go into the, to the locker room and they mess with guys and do whatever. But he's in there 17 years and no one's ever said anything to him about anything that was bad. And it just looked like kids messing around. Listen. 18 to 22-year-old 20, 20, kids are goofy as hell. People do nasty stuff in the locker room. We all know old linemen do nasty stuff. They they yeah. do things that are just like, what, what? this is gross. What are we doing? Shock value is 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 a, at all-time high in the locker room. People do things. So I, I can't say that – I can't – the Pat Fitzgerald, I know I can't imagine is condoning anything that sounds as horrible as what you've read in the form that it has been read right. and that he's just – okay with it and he's, he's, so, he's sitting there doing it he's a he's a father you know he's a player i've i've called players that played with pats for gerald because you know i'm from evanston so i know a lot of guys that were there and they said no nah, nothing like that happened when i was in school i've called people who've played recently is like 10 years ago and they said nah that's not what was, what was going on um whatever all this stuff i'm reading i don't know what this is all about so so let me ask some- you then i gotta ask bluntly do you think he should have been fired no. Here's the reason why I think you shouldn't be fired, right? I'll take that. You're a parent. You're some plays. I'll take that. I just – because the story 
change so quickly from the outsiders. I'm an outsider. And I ask you the question. I'm going to let you expand on it. But from an outsider perspective, what it looked like is that there was some gaslighting going on. It went from zero to a million in about 30 seconds. As soon as the public got a hold of the story and had unsubstantiated allegations in the story. And for, for, for me, right. Although I'm the outsider, I'm on the side of the outsiders. I think the the ones that aren't connected as closely to Northwestern that don't have a kid in the program that aren't talking to parents that don't know Pat Fitzgerald like that. The outsiders, we're broken up into two groups. The outsiders that 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 don't have any experience in a locker room. No skin in the game. No, no skin in the game. Never played. They they don't they they're not members of a fraternity and understand like the uh psychological aspects of what some might call hazing, other people call a process, other people call rite of passage, whatever you want to call it. Things that uh the general population does not sign up to endure. And we understand that it ain't for everybody, whether it be Northwestern football, Notre Dame football, uh, a fraternity, right? It ain't for everybody, right? But then the other half of that outsider group is people that do understand it, that have been in a locker room, that have gone through a process with their fraternity or sorority, that understand that you you put yourself out there, you avail yourself in a little bit of embarrassment right in order to check off a box for a rite of passage and say i endured what you thought i couldn't endure and i was psychologically better because of it right makes you better as a call it a fraternity member call it a member of the football team call it a member of society that understands it this is the kind of stuff that you can be vulnerable for a second in order to advance uh the the connectivity to what that is fraternity football program there is a clear divide in the conversation that is not the internal conversation of people having that debate. We're having that debate. And so I ask you very bluntly from the inside, and that's why I ask and you answer, and I'll let you expand on it now. You said you don't think he should have been fired, and I ask why not? Because I, I think a lot of it is a reaction to a couple of reasons. You know, Sandusky and 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 Joe Paterno. Let's not go there. I know it's, I know it's, the thing but, where there's all this this criminal thing. That's where it's I going. That. That's where it's going. I don't even like that. I don't even want to give that dignify that that thing because there's no. I'm just talking about the conversation. Is adults here? So here, I say no, and I say no, and I can speak this. You know, without being two minutes, we have 150 parents in a parent group, and not one of them. There's no there's no arguments in this group about people saying he should have been fired, right? So I so. The people that are on, you know, they're saying that they fired him in the protection of the student athlete. And my thing is, talk to the families of the student athletes. And you found the only one that says he should go is the kid that didn't play and transferred out and left. And again, one mystery person that I'm going to assume probably doesn't, isn't there. So it's not like you have this overwhelming thing. You don't have, where are the bodies? Where are all the victims that have come forward and say, oh my God, I've been hazed and it's, it's, it's ruined my life. You have one guy from 15 years ago that says that when he was there, a Hispanic gentleman, that they treated him, you know, they were racist towards him and that he's got PTSD and he's on this tour doing all these interviews and people on the screen and some different things there. And what I would say is, you know what, 15 years ago, I don't know how old is Facebook, 15 years ago. Facebook's probably about 20 years old. Definitely not 20 years old, but I think it's like 15, 2023, it came about when I was in law school. I started law school in 20. 2003 so 
If it ain't 20 years, it's about 18 years. It ain't that old. So my point is that's crazy. I can base time off of uh all the education you've had. But uh my point is 15 years is a long time. You know, their allegations was black kids couldn't be black and they couldn't do this or whatever. And the 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 team is racist and all different things like that. Man, I can pull up pictures on my phone right now, and you had to be like, okay, how many black kids is it? How many white kids is it? My son comes home for dinner. It's a bunch of black kids, a bunch of white kids. My son went on spring break, a bunch of black kids, a bunch of white kids, a bunch of people got dreadlocks, a bunch of people there. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald on my son's official visit told him, I don't care if you have dreads, if you have bald head, if you have whatever, just make sure you keep the same hairstyle because we're going to do a custom helmet for you, and we don't want to have to get you a new helmet because you changed your hair. That was the only mention of the hairstyle, right? So I, so, so whatever. I, I dismiss all that other crap that's going on. But you're not having an overwhelming amount of people coming forward saying that they want to let him go. So no, that's one reason why I say don't fire him. Second reason why I say don't fire him is you did a six-month investigation. Even the whistleblower didn't claim that Pat Fitzgerald was whoever first. led the investigation got to get fired too, right? They're outside firm, but the thing uh, is, even the whistleblower and the, the firm got to get fired. <laughs> even the initial whistleblower in his in in his claims didn't claim that Pat Fitzgerald was ordering these uh, these these hits for you know uh, the that red was light a part right? of the escalation of the embellishment. He just said that in the newspaper article, so he never he was like, "Damn, they're not gonna fire him for that." All right, I got one better. He was ordering it. Uh, and that's what he puts in the paper. That was never part of the allegations. I never, because I never even thought to ask my son about. It. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to overlook that in the story. So he he preached at the last minute, and then here you go. Is now you're the the president of the university. You talk to one person who's unhappy with the results that he from happened before. I'm sure that the president was aware of these recordings, whether they said it was anonymous or not. Everyone figured out who the anonymous person was. You have one conversation with this person, and now all of a sudden. The six-month investigation that you just hired an outside firm to do—you throw. Who are you to investigate? When you're a president of a university, do you have investigation skills? Right. Like that's not part of the role of the same man. Have you ever investigated a scandal before? Yeah, because you're hired to be the president of the university. So you just you take one conversation, one judgment, and you make a decision. You don't consult with the athletic director. You don't do whatever you fire him. So I think it's a terrible decision. I, I, but I, I, I look. You're so much closer connected to it than I am, but I would say it just didn't—it didn't pass the smell test. And that's what that, the whole point, right? Was. Like he, if you he, look at when he played you guys and anyone, it didn't pass the smell test. Just from the, the, the optics of it, looked terrible. Your punishment after six months was this gentleman has a two-week suspension without pay, and that two weeks isn't even in the season. To go from you that fired on your day off, yeah. <laughs> to being fired on your day off in a span of how was it even a full week? No, the suspension was announced Friday, they fired him Monday. Three days later. Three days later. And, AD's and, and out of the country. No one's he was involved. out of the country no, when it happened. Mm-hmm. I just think the clickbait and we are in a cancel culture, all of those things. Things go viral a lot quicker. There are communities that um do a great job in protecting uh, kids from being bullied. There are communities that are advocates behind, you know, trying to eradicate certain environments from toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so I think those environments in a weird way, the ones that were put to protect, put together to protect in a weird way because of their lobbying power, because of the deep pockets, because of their ability to connect with uh, major media outlets 
create this other thing that is just as powerful. Mm-hmm. You talk about toxic masculinity in a locker room. Let's talk about the masculinity or toxicity of a media space that can take a story and go from Friday being suspended for two weeks without pay, which with the reality that the suspension was essentially in the off season Mm -hmm. to being fired from your job after having done the unthinkable at the university of Northwestern and making it a reputable program. In addition to it, including the academics that it has and appearing in bowl game after bowl game. I think in his, what, how many years? 17 seasons? He's got like 17 seasons. 17 seasons. He had maybe two or three losing seasons. Something crazy like that. Northwestern. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. I might I might be embellishing. Yeah, more than two or three, but yeah. Not, yeah. not the yeah. norm. He has created norm. a whole different vibe. He was, he was on his way to a statue. You know he was mean? on his way to a statue. Fabulous. Fabulous statue that had passed this Gerald in front of Northwestern Stadium. And instead, this man is fired on his day off. His family is forever embarrassed. He's got egg on his face. I would imagine the, the college team. ranks, he's unhirable. How do you hire him from that point? Right? And so... I just don't know how you get from that on a Friday being suspended for two weeks to now fired on Monday and being persona non grata in college football, but for this engine that is the biggest bully of them all. Yeah, media. the cancel culture. The cancel culture is amazing. It's the biggest bully of them all. The people complaining about the bullying and the hazing are doing the most bullying, doing the most hazing. The people that are saying, I can't believe Pat Fitzgerald allowed this to happen. If you look on social media, and you look at some of the rhetoric that you hear and the vitriol of the response to what happened or what they perceive to what ha- have had happened is way more aggressive. And I would constitute that bullying versus what I would consider kids being kids in a locker room, young men trying to figure it out, making sure they have a right of path. Look, my class was, and I'll say this proudly, we came in as the number one recruiting class at the University of Notre Dame. The first conversation we had with the upperclassmen started something like this. Y'all ain't shit. They yeah, made us sit in the room, and I don't call names in this particular episode because I don't want it to be associated with hazing or bullying or anything of the like. But there were people, all Americans, who looked us right in the face, and the first words out of their mouth was, y'all ain't shit. And the reason they wanted mm. us to understand that is we didn't have not a single college credit. We didn't have not a single college football stat. We hadn't made a single college football sacrifice yet, and they wanted us to understand to wear that gold helmet, took a type of sacrifice, a type of level of commitment, a type of level of devotion that we just had not made yet. And so the the words out of their mouth were pointed. They didn't hate us. They want us to understand it's a rite of passage. Y'all ain't shit. And those words in that setting, in that environment, we are 17, 18 years old. Some of them are 20, 21 years old. And this 2023 society could be construed as hazing, as bullying. And I'm just going to say, thank God they taught me in that moment that I wasn't shit because I hadn't made those commitments. Thank God they taught me in that moment that there has to be, there has to be. From a procedural standpoint, some steps that you have to take before you are fully embraced into anything worth being a part of. And because they did that, it has lasted me 
in football, in life, in business, in law. Now it's lasting me as a, a coach. It, it wasn't bullying. And and I just I wanted to say that because I, I, I empathize with you, my brother. I, I salute you for staying the course and saying, you know, because I, 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 I'm pretty certain your son ain't transferring. You saying my son's staying the course. And is that the general sentiment of the parents that you talk to? I'm glad you asked that question. So the, the, because we lost our head coach, we have their kind of untimely opportunity to be in the transfer portal for 30 days. Today, I don't think anyone entered the transfer portal. We lost we lost three um, commitments. And, you know, I know that's a tough situation. We lost three commits so far. Um, our top rated commit has been saying not only is he still coming, but he's rallying the troops. He's calling the other commits to try to get them to stay. I wish my son was coming out right now. Northwest will be a, one man, of the previous com- the, the primary the conversations. Day, you know what? The families, the kind of families that we have at Northwestern, typically you're going to are, are ones that realize uh, there's a balance between football and, and academics. Their kids worked hard in college, in high school to, to get good grades and get good test scores and stay out of trouble and do all the things necessary to, to be allowed to get a scholarship to a great university like Northwestern. I'd say there's four or five schools, you know, on that, on that level of academic institutions with a power five program. Maybe, maybe I'm being generous to say four or five, but they work hard. So we're the ones that realize, okay, that nothing's changed. Right. I'm going to miss Pat Fitzgerald. You know what I mean? I liked the, I liked him as a man. I loved him as a, as a, as a mentor to my son and I'm going to miss him. But you know, uh, Brian Braun or David Braun, sorry, David Braun, uh, the new uh, head coach. Yeah, I think he's a great pick too. He's a great choice right now. He's an interim tag. We he has my full support and he has the full support of all the families. My son was happy that they named him the the uh, the interim head coach. They really like him. He's a new DC that came in from one of the Dakota schools. I can't remember which one. Sorry, I don't want to mess that up. But hey, next man up, right? Right. I hate to say it, but next man up. It applies to players. Applies Absolutely, to coaches. Man. I think. I think Coach Coach Fitzgerald would say the same thing. Next man up. We're still so, so, Northwestern. So I, I don't know Pat Fitzgerald. We played against him my freshman year, and mm-hmm. they beat us in, in Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, that's my only beef that I have with him because uh, that was my first college game in 1995. But watching him as a player, watching him um, then be sort of this uh, community advocate while going back to Northwestern, I don't have any – any any ill will towards the man what i will say is that's a testament to what he created the fact that you had the 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 14 day window and to date we don't know i mean people might jump in at the last second but to date it seemed as though that everyone is staying the course and staying Mm -hmm. in the boat and being a part of that brotherhood says something about what he created now to people who have never been in a football environment in a locker room, to people who've never been in a fraternity environment where there is a pledging or as some fraternities call it rushing right environment, or just call it intake, whatever you want to call it to people who've never been a part of that environment. It's tough for you to judge from the outside. There's something that is created a feeling, a vibe, a connectivity, a culture. Right. And I had that when we were doing the show, because one of the links is right. Regis Farima. And I'm like, yo, what is this new link we have? I've never seen this avatar. And the avatar is, tell, tell them, coach, what is it? NU versus everybody. NU, Northwestern University versus everybody. everybody. And for a parent of a player who's going through what this whole scandal has become, 
who's having to undergo the transformation of the reputation of the program and all that that comes with these stories. For a parent to change the avatar on social media that says, in you versus everybody, you can like it, you can love it, you can hate it, you can suck your teeth, you can poke your lips out. That means there is a culture there. And culture comes by way of certain sacrifices. I'm not telling nobody to endure hazing. I'm not saying that what they did was right. I'm not trying to say that they didn't go too far. What I'm saying is that 18, 19 years old, kids tend to go too far. At 18, 19 years old, the same kids that go too far have other kids that police it such that make sure that they don't go too, too far. And it seems like they created a culture. So I'm I'm, I'm rooting for y'all. I'm rooting for Colorado this year. And I'm rooting for Northwestern this year. I hope the Wildcats figure it out. I hope the Buffaloes figure it out. Because when the whole world's rooting against you, I like the underdog story. So I hope Northwestern can. And I was already rooting for them because of that Florima name on one of those young men back. But I'm especially rooting for the program now because I hate when the judgmental folk, those self-righteous folk, they ain't never, never done nothing wrong, ain't never mistreated nobody. And all they're going to do is go to social media. They're going to take the social media and tell you how they've never treated it, mistreated anybody and how this mofo was wrong. And they do it in a very aggressive, abusive, and what I dare say, uh, bullying fashion, cyberbullying, while talking about their issue with bullying. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense to me. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave with this statement and this challenge to people that are all – this is why I say in you versus everybody because there's people against Coach Fitz. There's people that are thinking that our, our players are a bunch of perverts and a bunch of different things like that, whatever. And I ask, you know, what purpose are you serving and who, who are you mad at, right? Who are you here to protect? So if you want Coach Fitz fired and you think our football team is a bunch of weirdos and whatever, who to who? Who name the victim that you're protecting? Name, name the name the name the person that was wronged that you are demanding justice for. You can't because you don't give a damn. You just want to be heard and you want to have a point and you want to take down a university that you think of as a pompous university and an elitist university. You want to take down some players that you think are given too much, whatever. So it's really not from a position of love protection or anything like that. It's the position of hate. And all these people are just super upset at nobody. Like again, name a victim. If you have a cause, name a victim. When we got mad and, and, and storm tore things up, George Floyd, you know, we're here, we're here to protect George Floyd. You don't know George. You can say what you want, but at least you had a name that was the victim. Right. This is a nameless a victim. Fa- a face of a cause. Absolutely. There is no face. So you're just mad at everybody and you're and you're lashing out. So I'm not going to get in a cyber battle with anybody. Luckily, in Facebook, you know, we have a large amount of people that we're friends and family with, and I've heard from a lot of you, but that's just where I stand. That's why I say in you versus everybody. Because right if you're not with us, you know, if you're with us, you're in you. If you're not, you're part of everybody. And they're coming this season. They're going to be focused. These boys are going to be ready. Um, and 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 we'll see you on the third in in uh in New Jersey at Rutgers and uh and we're coming we're coming to play football hey man well we're gonna have us a beer while you're here uh to segue a little bit but not really not far because today's episode is called dark dark days and dark nights we talk about the dark days the dark days of Northwestern the dark days of the parents that had to undergo that story um not really vetted very well and and it seemed a bit rough on the edges when a parent hears that in social media, a parent is going to go into parent mode. How do I protect my baby? Right. So those are dark days. We talked about all the calls that you had to feel. Those are dark days. Now let's talk about some dark nights. 
Dark Knights is a New Jersey Dark Knights, the team that I, I am coaching at 12U level. And I want to say again to everybody, uh, make sure y'all support. Make sure y'all support our fundraising. Uh, it's a 50-50. It's up to close to $10,000. So with $6 of your money, and Six yes, months. it's hard-earned money. Just so I don't never like to try to say something other than um, or respect the fact that everybody has a choice when it comes to their money, right? So I, I, I even a $6, that's your $6. I ain't help make it, so I ain't gonna help spend it. But I will help you guide that money into a good place. We're doing a 50-50, $10,000 so far, and still 18 uh, days left. So I wanted to make sure that I left the link to that. The link to that is now in the comment section. I'm gonna post it here, right? Make sure y'all go support our fundraiser, man. 12-year-old kids doing something positive. We are getting our national champion Color Rush jerseys, baby. That's right. So this part of the show is sponsored by the New Jersey Dark Knights. And make sure y'all click on that. And $6, baby, $6, and you can support the raffle. Five tickets for $21. There you go. All right. The other thing that I want to do from the Dark Knights family is I want to take a very brief but meaningful moment of silence for a coach who has been around the youth football game for for a long time. Uh, Unfortunately, died suddenly. uh, I think it was two days ago now. He represented an organization, um, the GA Gladiators there in South Jersey, Coach Bear, a big man with a big heart who's done a lot of big things for a lot of generations of kids. Uh, and it reminds you our role as uh, youth football coaches, what it is really about. So on behalf of at least the 12U level, I know that as an organization, we'll probably be doing some stuff for GA Gladiators, specifically for Coach Bear and giving him his his, his flowers, unfortunately, after he is now uh, passed on. Uh, but I want to give my own salute and salutations and pay respects with a very brief but meaningful moment of silence for the great late big coach Bear of the GA Gladiators. We talk about all the stories, man, and when it comes to Northwestern, but the weird thing is, is that the cyberbullying is now uh, spilled over to things as uh, what I thought were things as pure as youth football. Now, for everybody who keep calling me out about my team, just tell you something, man. Y'all going to regret the day. I don't do all the social media back and forth. I'm not posting. I don't have no Twitter fingers, man. I'm all, Maybe it's toxic, but the masculinity in me is just way too high for me to be going back and forth with somebody on social media. But when you see me in person, this Florida boy here from the Northwest section, right off 13th Court, shallow side lot of here, this Florida boy going to have a lot to say in person. That's how we do it in Florida. And that's my piece that I will say on that topic. Let's go home with other, other things, man. That was the brief Dark Nights part of the Dark Days and Dark Nights title decision. Uh, let's go home quickly on the Summer League, uh, NBA Summer League. Because Victor Wimbiawa had dark days and dark nights. He started off with a very dark night when it comes to his performance. The first pick, every bit of seven foot thirteen, every bit of one hundred and two pounds, 
uh, went out there and looked subpar and admitted afterwards in, in a game which included him being dunked on quite physically. Um, but he admitted afterwards that he was lost out there. What does he do? He turns around and has a very good performance in his next debut. Uh, he had nerve to fix his lips and try to say that the European League is more physical or whatever. All right, just so shut up and play. Be, man, because final numbers from two games. Now they shut him down. San Antonio saw all they needed to see. Well, he had 36 points. They still games. ain't sold all their tickets yet. That's they all they pulled. <laughs> 20 rebounds in two games. Eight blocks in two games. Three assists on 41% shooting from the floor. He played about 54 minutes in two games. Um, I know San Antonio wants to sell the tickets, so they had to pull off their their, their their merchandise. They got that commodity off the floor just in case somebody didn't buy those doggone season tickets yet. They mm -hmm. ended on a high note on a good game. It helped balance what would have been a very porous uh, a statistical line in the first game. They helped balance it with a very nice outing in the second game. We've seen two games, and there's never too it's never too early to give a prediction as to what his career is going to look like. And here on the Ball Hawk Sports, how dare we not make our prediction? I start with you. You saw two games. You saw the stat line. You saw the slight build. Uh, but also, you saw the fact that he is every bit of seven foot four. Uh, what is your prognosis for Wendy? I, you know what, man? I, I was, I was hating day one. I've been hating on him. I something about it, just you know that uh, something about it, just he need more people. Now, I'm not saying he can't grow into a good player. Um, I just feel like he's so skinny. But so is so is that Chet? Is it Chet Hungry? Chet Hunger, he got a little bigger. Chet got he got a little, so a little bigger. He looked like he don't have some infamil or something. He got fixed up. He, 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 I saw him dunking the other day. Um, and I mean, KD skinny as hell too. And Wimby got much better hair than KD. So I don't. I mean, I, it, it could happen, but I'm not sold. I'm just saying, like when he could. LeBron came on this thing. You know, it's about LeBron. Right? Oh, I didn't. You I, know this. Hey, 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 hey. I was, I was talking. I was talking. So LeBron, LeBron came in here with, with more hype than anybody in NBA history, other than maybe Magic Johnson. Probably more than Magic Johnson. Probably more because he was coming from high school. Magic he was coming out of high school, but he was coming from Michigan. And he State. came as soon as he put his his two feet on that court. He he was making it happen. He didn't have no little warm up period. So I'm just saying, Wimby, man, get your weight up. Talk to LeBron. LeBron, you know, he maybe let you wear his little pearl necklace that he had on at the uh, when he said he's back. Yeah, what Talk was that in the SB? What the fuck was that, man? I don't know, man. This generation is different. Well, it's different, man. It's different. Well, hey, LeBron, where'd you get that? My wife was love one. <laughs> LeBron, Do Yo, you know, LeBron. Who, am I, who am I to say? I wear sweats most. Days. I did like his presentation, though. The fact that his wife presented it to him, the fact that he made it very clear that there's going to be a day where I'm not loving this game. But uh, luckily for y'all, y'all, today's not the day. Today's not LeBron the day. Good at, he's good at getting people that don't like him and just make it, just make them hate. Yeah, you're gonna really not like me. Yeah, he is. Lucky he for y'all, I'm back. I'm but back. Anyway, I digress. I just don't think Wimby. I'm not. I'm not sold on him, man. I hope he changes my mind, but I'm not sold on him. I, so I like the fact that he had fluidity in his shot. I like the fact that he definitely is a great ball handler. But my challenge is, and I'm I'm doing sort of an about face because I I almost guaranteed he was going to have a Hall of Fame career with guard skills at seven foot four. I, I think I got to do an about face, man. At 103 pounds, you got to figure it out. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's going to struggle with maintaining his health. And 
I say going out on a limb because I never want to wish anybody any ill will when it comes to their health. But at 103 pounds, at seven foot four, the math behind that says I love the I love the the factual nature of the tone that you. Oh, I keep saying 103, right? Three. Yeah, like, like, like you were at the scale. Like, like somebody gonna repeat that. Hey, it's the same okay. as that damn how the Northwestern story broke. Well, nobody actually fact, fact check, check no more. more. He's 103 pounds because I said it. How about that? Uh, but I, I think that he's gonna struggle with 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 uh, maintaining his health. And so with that, as we have witnessed with with Kevin Durant, for a sec, with that. You know, you can't make the club in the tub. And when I'm talking about the club, I'm talking about the club of Hall of Fame basketball players. I don't think he can make the club in the tub because he won't play enough games if the injury bug does bite him. Um, I hope it doesn't. And, and that's, those and those who don't understand that, that that saying, club in the tub, I mean, you're in the, in, the, in the cold tub, in the training room, <laughs> you know, get iced down. You can't, you got to be on the court. And know? more times than not naked. To stick with this theme naked. of this show, and nobody call that hazing. Ain't Although, nobody worried about. If you've it. ever been naked in a cold tub, you feel like you're being hazed. <laughs> uh, yeah, the trainer's hazing me, uh, but I don't. I don't know if he can. He can withstand the injury. To be honest with you, man, I think the guy is one one injury away from it all um, folding in terms of his ability to. Uh, I hope that's not the case. Be a, a Hall of Famer, though. Hall of Fame careers. And I said, I, I that was the really going out on the limb. Before he had taken a single NBA shot, I'm like, it's guaranteed. Hall of Fame career. I am man enough to say when I've made a mistake, what I've seen is enough to be a very good basketball player in the NBA. Very good basketball players in the NBA don't necessarily end in the Hall of Fame. You think he could be better than, than Andrew Wiggins? You such mm-hmm. a hater. I, <laughs> honestly, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll humor you. We know that Andrew Wiggins is a superstar. We've already come <laughs> well established. <laughs> well <laughs> established. Uh, I think that Victor Wimbiawa or Wimby. Uh, I, can't, I ain't gonna never be a say his, his name. I, I love I, the I, fact so much I think he will be a solidified superstar and probably a better superstar than Andrew Wiggins. I can say that. I can. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely gonna get more opportunities. He's gonna be in a situation where, you know, you know, I mean, Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick too, but he'll be in a situation where, you know, I think right, Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick, right? Pretty sure. Been. If, if not, he should have been. Let me see. And Andrew, Wiggins, this is what happened when you don't have research there today. Research has something to do today. Let's see if Andrew vacation, Wiggins. Everybody vacation. We don't pay enough. Vacation. Pay enough, That's all that is. I'm pretty certain Andrew Wiggins was. A, yes, he was. He was the number one pick. So I was right. So in the realm of number one picks, uh, I think Victor will probably be a little bit better in the end of the day. Have better stats. That's a big statement. You, that's a but big not Hall of Famer. Is there much room to be better than Wiggins and not Hall of Fame? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a gap there. There's <laughs> a small gap. There's see, a little, there's you, a try to, you try to push me into the corner. I see you what you're doing. Slide in there. There's, a, there's a gap there. So that's what I'm saying. He'll be in there. <laughs> Somewhere between Hall of Fame, whatever. Listen. Man. Let's go home with the ball hog sports talk moment. You know what this is. I, I pass you the ball. You get the spotlight. You get to talk about anything you want in the world of sports business entertainment. And before we go, let me just ask everybody, man. Uh, like we say every week, like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody you know. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. But in addition to that, if you have questions, 
that you want to ask to the Big Flow Show, specific to Northwestern scandal, specific to the personal nature of it as being a- Save it to yourself. I'll invite them to ask you. Ask. I can't guarantee he's going to answer. But put your comments in there. If you had a conversation with one of the North, think hypothetically, if I had an opportunity to talk to one of them Northwestern parents and talk about their kids' experience throughout this whole ordeal, what would I ask? Here's your chance to ask it. Put it in the comments and I'll direct it right at the Big Flow Show. If you've ever, if you've ever spent $6 on a bad fast food meal, which I know I have. If you've ever spent $21 on a bad car wash or a bad haircut, I only did that once because me and my barber now, I'm loyal to my barber. He ain't messing up my hair no more. You can spend $6 on a ticket, $21 on five tickets, and help my 12U national champion Dark Knights get new units. nice discount for five tickets. Yeah, five of the twenty-one, right? I like that too. Nice. We can get we get new Nash, special color rush national championship uniforms. We are gonna take the young men to a team dinner, put them in shirt and tie, teaching them how to be high school, college Sizzle. athletes. We are going to put the guardian caps over their helmet to add extra protective gear. We are going to make sure we have other equipment. We are gonna make sure they have a state of the art, state of the art. End of the season banquet, all with your $6 or $21. Click on that link in the comments and help me help them. I'm the head coach of these 12-year-old 12 year young men, proud to be. And so if you could help me, that'd be great. In the memo line, you can put my son name, Bray Brown. You can just put Coach Bobby. You can put New Jersey Dark Knights. I don't care who you say that you support. I just hope that you support. All right. Finally... Uh, yes, he did. I see you, my man, Chufu Jordan. He did it already. I appreciate you, hey. Jordan. Him and his wife. Him and hey, his wife. Hey, shout out, shout out to uh, Sheldon Jordan's mama. Happy birthday, Miss Jordan. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. To you. Happy birthday, Miss Jordan. Happy birthday, Jordan. Even I though you Randy Watson son. today, he's on his. He found he got a Randy Watson day today. He don't Randy know who want to be. Randy Watson. Happy birthday, Miss Jordan. Absolutely. Happy birthday to Miss Jordan. Uh, her son is a phenomenal young man who has supported this show, yeah. does great things in you the world. Too complimentary uh, out there. <laughs> too complimentary. Too, too complimentary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's say happy birthday to a great woman. Let's leave it at. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so he ain't have nothing to do with that. Happy birthday to her, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do appreciate. Uh, oh, it's Sunday. Oh, his is on Sunday. Happy birthday! Oh, you want to say early, early birthday to you? Early birthday, baby. Everybody, early man. Birthday. We do one Jordan and one show. We get the Jordan show. Let's man. do it, baby. But look, you, you. I know you try to pass me the ball, but you're a ball hog, so you don't want to pass. I'm a. Hold on, one more thing. I gotta go. One more shout out. One more shout out, and then it's to you. All right, one more shout out. She want me. I can't read all of this. Uh, I have been for the last four years the MC of the UNCF New Jersey uh, chapter. And uh, they raised a whole bunch of money. You know what UNCF stands for? United Negro College Fund. Oh, okay. um, I will try to put the link in here to support it. She gave me a whole bunch of stuff to, to read about the millions in scholarships. $1.3 million in scholarship in, in 2022. New Jersey uh, chapters supported 232 New Jersey students. And I'm literally just trying to skim it now. More of the story is I'll be back to MC. Yeah, I mean, so make sure you get your tickets. United Negro College Fund, the New Jersey, I don't think it's Northern New Jersey, whatever uh, chapter of it is, make sure you come check out um, the banquet and the event. Uh, And I'll have more information, be more specific. Let me see when it is. When am I going to do this? 
the way my calendar works out, July 22nd, baby. Make sure y'all come. Make sure y'all come. Now, um, with my not-so-great introduction to that, which I will introduce again, I pass the ball to you, Big Flo. Show the ball to your two, court. I got two of the moments. First of all, Let's I just say, it. I hope this wasn't your moment. If so, we're just going to play it off. Right. Every scandal has a best friend. All right? Uh-huh. Who's the best friend of a scandal? Another scandal. The next one. The next scandal. All right. I like that. I, I like think that. we may have found a friend. Okay. Who, who you got? Who you got? University of Tennessee placed on five-year probation for three years of, of uh, messing up, 16 scholarship reduction over the season. Not the volunteers. They didn't volunteer. They volunteered. They volunteered to give up $8 million fine, believed to be uh -oh. the largest ever levied in infractions case. $8 million uh, fine? $8 million fine. So what I have to say is, Right now, you can pay the players. Did they get? Did they get that quarterback from California? Paid that boy all that money? About eight million dollars. They figured uh, you can afford to pay him eight million dollars. You can afford to pay us eight million too. Paid his fine. Well, look, listen, listen at this. You can right now. You can you can pay the players. You can recruit. I think the NCA just about, if not already, made weed legal, whatever, and you still found a way to fuck it off. <laughs> get on probation that is really years. hard to do hold my beer hold my beer despite the fact that all of this is legal all we bets go. are off and that's my challenge with some of you can transfer whenever you, you want call folks all kind of stuff we said you know what man that's not enough freedom for us we're gonna get fined eight million remember remember when the rules were not this way, nobody got fined eight million. So imagine what they did. So hey, yeah, that had to be some shout shit. out. Let's get it. Let's get a clap for the yeah, volunteers. Yeah, volunteer. Somebody volunteered on y'all. Our scandal's best friend. Somebody volunteered on y'all. But my ball uh, hog moment, I got to give a shout out to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Senior. Okay. Vladimir. Uh, MLB. Like I don't know much about baseball, but I know that's baseball. That's baseball. There's an MLB mentioned in the ball hog sports talk. Spotlight this, 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 you know what? This is a man. I got a Reggie Florima Jr. This is a touching moment. They're the only father and son duo to both win the home one home run derby. That's pretty cool. Respect. That's pretty cool. Salute. Huh? That's that is respect. That's respect. pretty cool. I got a name. Griffey, you know, once stole a pop fly out from his dad when he was playing mm -hmm. left field or right field, and his dad was playing center field, and he went and stole the pop fly. That's a cool moment. Mm -hmm. Winning the uh uh the dunk or the home run derby, home derby. absolutely and the same thing, so that's pretty cool. So that's my moment for today. I got a namesake too, man. And right now, the only thing we can say we both did is you Break know, your foot. we passed gas in TSA <laughs> and didn't go to jail. <laughs> that's about the only thing, man. You better be careful. We're canceling, folks. We are canceling. allegedly, allegedly passed gas, allegedly passed gas. gas. My ball spotlight moment is I'm going right back to the same organization that we talked about last time. We talked about the Chicago Sky. You remember that? Yes, sir. And we talked about the coach. Uh, just one year removed, one season removed from winning a title. He had executive responsibilities too. He was the head coach and he left for NBA team to be assistant to the assistant. Well, that same organization, the Chicago Sky, uh, the Hall of Famer to be, Mr. Dwayne Wade is going to be an owner. He is investing in the WNBA. He's putting his money where his mouth is. We all know that Chicago is his hometown. Uh, and I just wanted to say shout out to D-Wade. Wade County, baby. 
I'd love for him to bring WNBA back to Miami. We had the Miami Soul at one point. We do not have a WNBA team now. But I completely understand why he would want to invest in his hometown, Chicago, making sure not only young girls, but anyone, any basketball enthusiast, young boys, old girls, old boys, uh, whoever gets a chance to see what is a good product, which is WNBA basketball. So salute to D. Wade, Wade County. Uh, that's my ball spotlight moment. Not only is it sports, because it is the WNBA, um, but it is business, right? To make that investment means that you believe that there are some really bright days to come for the WNBA, and it is entertainment, because I believe that it's a good product. The summer has shown me that. Turn on your TV to the WNBA. It's the best way to guarantee some form of pay equity, because those young ladies are making, and not only young ladies, some of them up there with me, they got some older players playing too. But they are making the ultimate sacrifices on a day-in and day-out basis to go and be that talented, that skilled. And they are putting their bodies on the line just like the NBA players. So let's support them by turning the TV to the games, by going to buy a ticket to the games, by our impressions on social media. Let's support them just like we do the WNBA and put our money, time, energy, effort. Let's put it where our mouth is. I'll say that. Um, this has been a great show, man. Uh, we ask everyone humbly, please like, please comment, please share, please tag a friend, please tag a foe, please tag anybody that you know. Uh, Big Flow Show, you go ahead and sign off, and then I'll sign off behind you. Any parting words, my brother? Go Cats, baby. Go Cats. Go Cats. In you versus who? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, like we said. I'll be yeah, selling them shirts for $19.99 for anybody. I'll put the link in the comments. <laughs> Make sure that you get the raffle ticket before you buy that shirt. I mean, you yeah, can you buy just round up. Shirt it's twenty one dollars for the raffle tickets and nineteen dollars for t shirt. Forty dollars get you right. I see what you did. There. I see what you did. There. I like that. <laughs> that was awesome, uh, math major. Math major. We going out, man. It has been an awesome show. We did not have ETP in the building, but he'll be back. You know what it is? It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. Today we have from the middle coast none other than the man, the myth, the legend, thou who shall be intergalactically known as the Big Flow Show. Did his thing, man. Represented, man. Go Cats. Uh, and I am your boy, B Brown, ESQ, aka the Ball Hawk, aka the Mouth of the South, aka Mister Excessive Celebration. Uh, AKA the head coach of the Dark Knights. This has been this episode, which is Dark Days and Dark Nights of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. Have a fabulous weekend. And with that, we is out. Peace. <laughs>